are you into Bebo? I actually do want to travel around Nigeria. It's just a oh, trip. Got to go. What's that one time I asked a question? The teacher said, is it time for questions? <laughs> Can't you wait? This is the podcast for you. I mean, just a sidebar to Christian. Nobody's getting saved by the fact that you're not getting some. Act of being an adult, grown up city. city. <laughs> yeah. What we're talking about. I said what I said. The Unsolicited Opinions podcast starts now. Who was prepared for this? So, hi guys. Hello. Welcome back to season two. Before you guys start talking, first of all, I just, uh, the harassment I've received on a daily basis for the last few weeks, when I was starting the podcast, are you paying me <laughs> to do this podcast? You guys have been messaging me. Anyway, we're back now for the new season. Yes, we are. Um, Jola is also here, you know, as you You are know. rude. Jola is here. You are extremely She's rude. She's always just around. <laughs> um... You know, so we have a very exciting episode. Very, very We're kicking off on a big bank. Biggest big bank. Bands. So that our stature in society has changed. <laughs> uh, we are moving up. Not that one we're doing last uh, episode. Jola, would you like to introduce our guest? We have an incredibly fabulous guest mm. in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of her kind, first of her name. Mm. The momager of all momagers. Mm. We have the amazing Mrs. Bosse Ugulu in the house. Woo. Everybody knows her as Mama Burner. Yes. And we're going to allow her to introduce herself and say hello. Hello. <laughs> I've just been introduced. <laughs> so I'm just going to add hello. Nice to be here. Thank you very much for right. coming. Yes, we're excited to have you. Yeah. We've already claimed you before now. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> by mistake, we're put on a high table at an event that we were, frankly, not supposed to be at. <laughs> and then we sat next to you by chance. So I kept whispering to Jola that, like, listen, we're fr- like, this is all we need for <laughs> proof of friendship. Because uh-huh. if somebody checks this video now, who are we sitting next to? We're all sitting together. We could have come together. Together, yes. Nobody knows. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So prior to now, these associations have been made. We're really pleased to um, have you. And we just want to explore a bit of your backstory, you know, pre-burner, post, post-burner, and, you know, your thoughts on the industry and what is going on and anything else mm. you would like to um, talk about. Really. To talk about. Yeah. Okay. First, I must say you look like you belonged at the event. Yes. Ah, yes. 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 So whatever you Thank did, you. it worked. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let's start with a bit of your backstory. So growing up, everybody has all the popular stories. Oh, yes. she's the daughter of Fela's manager. But there's mm. a lot more to you. So can you tell us a little bit of what it was like growing up, where you grew up, um, and what your childhood was like? Just a little. I was born in the teaching hospital, mm. Luth. Okay, wow. I lived in Surulere. Till I was a teenager, and then we moved to Festac. Mm-hmm. So essentially, growing up was that. Um, I went to Queens College, Lagos. Mm. Hey, QC alumni, QC. they're always QC proud. QC alumni, their shoulders are always high. Also, also, also enough, you can have it when, today. When I don't know that. what happens today, but when you happen to go to the foremost female institution in the country. Okay. Um, oh. if, <laughs> if it doesn't do, do something to you, then yes. nothing will. The network was, was yeah, pretty so yeah. It's done more, more for my CV than my degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, first of all, can you guys hear that? Degrees. <laughs> multiple. Degrees. Not here to play. On her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Queen's College. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I grew up as Benson Idonage's daughter, um, broadcaster, so... Um, we were really close. We still mm. are. 
Um, I'm one of two children. I'm six years older than my brother. Okay. Um, so it's just the two of us. I hung around him more, I think. Mm. So when he wasn't teaching me to read, he was teaching me about apartheid and Africanism <laughs> wow. and... You know, how the white man brought the Bible, said, close your eyes, you opened it, and your land yeah. was gone. So I, I lived that reality. Mm. Not in a forceful way, but in a very comfortable, um, self-assuring way. So I grew up being comfortable in my skin. Yeah. And just embracing myself and my family. And I thought that's how everyone grew up. Was. Hanging out with their dads and, you know, being dropped at parties and picked at parties by their dads. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. But the good thing about it is it made sure the boys didn't come near you. Yes. <laughs> and that's what the man was trying that. to do. You know, I just thought I had a very cool dad. But, ah, right, <laughs> but, right. but it was later in life that I realized that, wait a minute, no one's talking to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's probably because your dad is picking you up. Ah, so right. anyway, so I had a very good, a very healthy relationship with my parents. Um, uh, Queen's College, yes. Um, beautiful memories. Five years of of living with the people that I'm closest to now today. Still. Yes. Wow. Um, and you know, just again, it was it was a total package. Academics, etiquette. So we were doing, I mean, I remember I would change from dancing competition, I would go and do debate, <laughs> which was really funny because until, until then, I think people either expected you to have a brain or not, or, or do, not, or you know, so yeah. it's either you, you have a brain, um, you are nerdy, um, you can't, even if you look good, you can't, what you guys call package. Yeah. Yes. So it, 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 I think it taught us to do everything. The only thing they didn't manage to get me to do was sports. I was one of those who was in the matching squad. Yeah. You know, where you wear the cute gloves and the cute... <laughs> That's me, just standing uh-huh. on the side doing They couldn't get me to run yeah. for the life of me. We had a... You know. In my own case, we had a... I have a PE teacher and to date if he sees me, he can never smile. The man can never smile. Remember, me and a group of my friends, so he, at one point, I'll never forget, maybe like six weeks to our final exams in year 11, we had like PE... And he just saw me and like four of my friends coming. You know, we had not changed the sports. So he said, "I know them. See them. It's period. I be issue of blood." Is it this period? Every week, week they have period. Period. What was every that? Week. <laughs> Look, I used to explain to my PE teacher that you see the distance between this school and this hostel. Is that not PE? You know, which other PE am I doing? I, I made myself the assistant. I, I told him to buy me a whistle. That's what I, was doing. I was blowing whistle up and I couldn't catch me doing any sports. I was just telling people run faster, you do higher, you do this. But the that. amazing thing is, that I'm sure if I had done that in QC back then, they would have given me a very strong pain reliever and said, "Everyone goes through this. Yes, so come on, to a girl's school, <laughs> it will you will feel better yeah. when you exercise." Yeah. So they kind of knew everything and had a, all the you know, tricks and had a solution yeah. for for everything, you know. I remember when they brought these funny sandals and they said we, ha- we all had to wear them. If not, they would seize your shoes. <laughs> and I ended up walking around on my bare feet. Wow. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm not wearing that. Did you get in trouble for that? As long as I was on my bare feet. So it was you just like, couldn't wear another pair of shoes. You couldn't wear any other shoes, but they're fine if you, <laughs> so, if you wanted to you know, walk. So I found a way yeah. around that. Look, fortunately, you know, I was in at that cool phase when you're in Form 5, about to leave, mm. and you don't see why anybody should be telling you rubbish. Anything. So <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's in a nutshell was Queen's College. I think the other good thing was whatever you wanted to do. Um, and so I had that balance of, of um, parents who 
because especially my dad because he also was not i never i've never seen my dad in a suit and tie mm. um he just lived based on what he believed in yeah. and i felt you know everyone had the freedom to believe or the freedom to do whatever they wanted to do in school or or whatever i didn't have any of that pressure mm. the my, the pressure was you have to go to school and oh. uh, you know it didn't matter what you did in school. What, what you did there, as long as it was something you excelled at. Oh, Obviously, yes. they would consciously tell you, well, you can't They're feed yourself if you do this, this one. Way, yeah. You know, so <laughs> if you're smart, you take it like that. But as opposed to someone saying, doctor, Don't engineer, do that, lawyer, yeah. you know. So I, I never had any of that. So with that comfort in that uh, from home and then from school where, you know, you were just told as a girl that you don't have to be a president's wife. You can be a president. Yeah. You know, you, why are you looking at first lady? You can't you know, be the governor. That's so wow. interesting because did, it's almost, I think it's a, a, I think flip, it's, it's a switch flip somewhere. 180. 180. About what's, what's happening. Yeah. I think girls' schools like yeah. Queen's College and how yeah. they used to be before. Yeah, I won't be surprised. I've yeah. seen all these like things where it's like you, there's this, oh, pray, pray you be the wise of senators. Yeah, you it's completely it's so weird. And I don't know what absurd. has happened because so many people who went to these schools before mm. have the same experience you have mm-hmm. where it was fantastic you know they came out well-rounded whereas now they're wondering that what happened to to this school you know it's, it's, not it's, what, it's what happened to the society down. it's what happened to the society yeah. as a whole because who was saying this to us it was the teachers yeah mm. it was the teachers it was you know when when you hear something so often for so long it you sticks believe it, yeah. you believe it. and you believe it so if, if, if the society changed and the teachers changed and parents changed, um, then obviously the products will change. Will change, yeah. You know, so, yeah, so there was that. Um, so to the end of doing whatever you wanted to, mm. you could do, go on excursion trip for anything. So I'm sure we had tick knocking excursions, <laughs> you know. And were they allowing people to organize these themselves, or the school was? Actually no, no, the school, it? the school was organizing. Wow. it. the school was organizing it. So if you did music, you would go to Vienna and see where Mozart and, ah. and Beethoven were buried. Um, if you did French, mm. which I did, um, you would go to Togo, go to Abidjan, go to France. So yeah, we we had that. If you did art, you would go somewhere and 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 learn how to do that. Um, so we had all of that that made academics glamorous for us. So it made you want to study. It made you want to excel yeah. at something, you know, um, whether it was fashion or whatever, mm. or, or being a scientist or being a surgeon. So I've, that's, that's, for me, that's the essential of my background. Yeah. Just being given a backbone um, being taught to stand upright and hold your head high, yeah. um, having a voice, even if you were not allowed to, yeah. um, and speaking your truth, just speaking your truth yeah. and being comfortable in your skin. In your skin. How much would you, you know? say that has impacted everything that happened since then? Like just having, based on the school environment and the and then having that immersive learning experience. Having, yeah, the whole of that as well. I mean, in, 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 in every way, I would say, because I ended up studying languages. Mm. Um, I was trained as an interpreter and a translator. Um, when I couldn't do that anymore mm. because I had children and I couldn't live with a passport in my bag, I set up a language school and a music school. Mm. Um, so 
and we would teach the languages yeah. and take the children on excursion trips. Oh, I was wow. doing that because I had enjoyed that. Yeah. And no one was doing well. it. So I did that for 15 to 17 years, wow. just doing that. And it, it didn't click in my head that I was doing something that I had that directly had gotten. Before, yeah. Yes. You know, so those are some of the direct influences. Um, my dad always said, if you can't read and write music, you're an illiterate. Mm, wow. So, of course, I was rebellious and I was like, okay, I'm an illiterate. Everybody does not have to read and write this music. <laughs> but I could read it and mm. write it. He just didn't know. Oh, wow. Yes, he just didn't know. I, I don't play any instrument. Well, he didn't know that I could read and write it until very late. And then he was like, he just gave me gray hair for, for nothing. For no reason. <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, so it, it, I think it just shines through in everything mm. that you do, in your associations, in your, in your relationships, in, in the choice of the person you marry, yeah. in, in how you live your life, in how you make money, yeah. um, and then ultimately in how you bring up your children. I, because I keep saying children don't care, really. It's not about what you say. Mm. It's about it's what, what you, you do. do. It's about what you do and the environment you create. So, mm. you know, that's... Wow. Have I answered you? Yes. Okay. See, that's huge. I mean, our school, where they take us with spring pumps? <laughs> <laughs> if that. No, there's if that. Or, or if that. Ah, we suffered. We suffered. We We spring pumps. What did they tell us that we could be? Not much. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they just, they wanted there wasn't, to there, there wasn't, wasn't that much encouragement. There wasn't that much encouragement. Dream, dream right. big. There wasn't of, that much. There was a lot of settling. It was more just about your results at the end of the day. There was yeah. very little talk about your potential. Your ambition. What you could be. In fact, when they saw people that looked like they were having too much potential, they're like, my dear, you need to calm down. You need to relax more of that. So I think it's quite, it's a bit of a shame that that has changed James, in our yes. own um, I don't think we have teachers like that anymore who are teaching from a place of passion of wanting to encourage people and all of that. Hmm. You have a few, and that's why like a lot of kids have the same favorite teachers. Yeah. So the yeah. passionate teachers yeah. always end up being the favorite teacher. So my brother's favorite nursery school mm. teacher is still a nursery school yeah. teacher today. She's a Montessori mm. teacher. Mm. It's very clear. She remembers all her students. She still remembers what they struggled with then. Yeah. She's extremely passion and he has a very soft spot extreme yeah. this is 20, over 20 years ago now very soft spot for her so it's interesting to see what the difference is, is when you yeah. have passionate teachers and a very immersive learning experience where you said mm. like you, learning was made very glamorous mm. yeah. I can't mm. imagine I didn't I don't think I really like was passionate about learning sure. I knew like I knew I could pass exams mm-hmm. yeah I was good in school people always said I was smart but I wasn't like oh my god God, I want to know more. <laughs> I didn't want to know. I didn't want to spend more than a moment in those classrooms. I didn't want to know more. I thought, you know, the one you guys have told me is okay. How many languages do you speak? Four. Wow, you still fluent. Yeah. Four. Wow. Incredible. Do you speak how many, more? How many Nigerian? How many do you speak? One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you ask me this kind of question? I'm just asking. As I, a speak, friend, I actually as speak 1.75 languages. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. How, yes. how did you... What's, so, what's the math behind that? So the math is that I went to school all this while learning French, but mm-hmm. learning it in an academic capacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can get by, like in Paris, but nobody's trying to have it. You know when you start speaking in a French store and they just start speaking English to you, they're like, darling, just you know, calm yourself. <laughs> and then when I got to uni, A-levels and uni, I did a bit of Spanish. So the same, that's my like 0.5. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Italy <laughs> every year. So there's like 0.25 based on Gatia or Pizza, all these ones. Do you guess? Mm-hmm. So okay. 
That's mm. one person. You you do speak like when we're me, off when we're off camera we can. Well, well, I think yes, I think we should. Let and then know. I'll give you her greeting. Thank you. Good. Like you, you do you want us to do it here? No. <laughs> <laughs> my own story is very different. You do speak language. We went to Kutumi. They said we we're going on French holiday. We crossed the border. My friend opened the window and started speaking French to some you know guy selling plantains. She said, "Madam, I don't know what they talk." <laughs> and from that mom- that very moment, I knew. That we have been bamboozled at that. that and the moral of the story and I've been telling you guys that Jela is not culture since she doesn't speak any language. <laughs> so these are some of the things I, I try to point out, but you guys don't listen to me. Um, okay, so what was it like being around the music industry very early on? You know, your dad being what well, I don't know how how old were you when your dad became Fellas Manja, and how did that impact kind of your? I think I opened my eyes to see it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I opened my eyes to see it. Um, because um, it was more about him setting up the first band for him. Mm. He was in London. His mom came to him on radio and said, look, I want to see you. Didn't know him from anywhere. Said, mm. look, I want to talk to you. Um, you're the only one who seems to know what you're doing wow. with music. I have a son who is very talented and everything, but the music he's playing is crap because it's not his own <laughs> creation. Um, so... You will be his best friend. Mm. You will work with him. If he does anything wrong to you, don't mind him. Think about me. <laughs> but just stay with him. Yeah. You know, so... And they were close friends till he died. So I think I, I think it goes to say a lot for, for a discerning and supportive mother's yeah. prophecy. Yeah. And, and words. And, you know, I remember whenever he got into trouble, people would call my dad. Um, if they needed him to stop doing something, they would call my dad. And he listened. And in retrospect, I understand that he didn't listen just because he respected his knowledge. Mm. It was because this came from his mother. Yeah. Who clearly had seen what was what could the, happen, the, yeah. the message he had to, the burden he had to carry. Because at the end of the day, I say, talent, genius, is a burden. Mm. It, weighs, it weighs heavily on those who carry it and and sometimes they have to find, you know, unconventional ways of expressing the excesses yeah. that the, the excesses that come with that luggage, and you know sometimes they see before people see. Before other people and if you're see, the only yeah. one who can see something, then you're the mad one. Yeah, you know, until people catch on and they're like, "Oh, is that what he was talking about?" So I, I, I think I, I grasped all of that. Mm. Um, so for the music, yes, it was it was around me. Um, I saw the band members, of course. He, <laughs> he, it became clear to me that even at that small age, that the the artist was not about to manage anybody yeah. or anything, and needed someone to you know to 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 do such things for them. For them. Um, he also had his job on radio, which he never stopped doing. Mm. That, you know. So, yeah. It, it was musical around that. We had vinyl records everywhere. Um, today, he has like a huge vault that he wants to share between his two musical grandchildren. <laughs> Forgetting the one in the middle who says, Ciao, you guys can share it. <laughs> She's really not interested. In the vinyl collection. Well, she has a big heart. She knows so the other two. The other two need it more. Them. Yeah, that's She's, cool. She would rather take over my own yeah. shoe and bags. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I support so, that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a noble cause. She'll pass off. <laughs> she'll pass on that and say no problem as long as you guys don't take this. Yeah. You know. So, 
yeah, so growing up around all that, yeah, it kind of puts puts you in the center of music. But like I said, I thought I thought that's what everyone had had. Wow. I mean, you know, just from very young, I knew what a microphone and headphones mm. looked like because I would go to the studio and all that, which also explains why I wanted to be an interpreter because you're in a booth with a yeah. microphone and headphones. So it was similar. You're not on radio, you know. but yeah. you know, a lot of these things I look at in retrospect mm. and and I see how certain images influence Come and back, form yeah. a child. I connect mm. the dots yes. for you. Yes. Around. Yeah. It's very interesting like being able to look back and be like, Oh, so that decision was mm. influenced even though it wasn't a very clear influence. It there's came something from somewhere. that it came yeah, from I mean somewhere. sometimes I catch myself like speaking with a particular tone. I'm like, wow, Kemi, that's, that's my mom. I'm like, wow, yeah. Kemi's influence is strong, it's, strong, it's strong, 100%, strong. 100%. <laughs> it's deep here. And you don't realize, like you're saying, some of the things you just saw yeah. growing up, like now I'm like, this is where this interest comes from. It's comes not from, completely yeah. random. Yeah. It actually came out of somewhere. I was going to ask, do you see a lot of parallels with the way so Fela's mom saw him and the way you see your own son now in terms of being able to, to imagine what they need and where they can go? That's a parallel I don't want to draw. <laughs> no, not as That's yet. a parallel not I don't the, want not, to draw not, because not the, the, on the latter part, on the on the mother's side. Yeah, even on her side, no, is it, I, I can only say what I, mm-hmm. you know, I can only speak for me. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's a difficult parallel to draw. That yeah. woman was the first person that slapped a white man. She was the first white yeah. person. Yeah, she slapped him. Is it? Is in a book? And told the white man, "You may have been born, but you were clearly not bred." Wow. She was the first woman to drive that. a car. Yes, she I can't was. draw that parallel. And she deposed the king. She did depose the king. I can't draw that parallel. <laughs> so, you know, you know, that's, she's in the class yeah. by, by herself. But, um, so, ask me the question differently. So and let me see if I can... So, you, in terms of having a motherly instinct, mm-hmm. um, once you realize, okay, this young man is actually not interested in music on a superficial level. This is mm. something he wants to do and he wants to take it seriously. Um, when you were, when you are figuring out how to help him achieve his dreams, did you, before it was something that you did full time, mm-hmm. before, before it was something that you decided like, okay, we are going to do this um, journey together. Mm. When you are trying, did you, were you able to like handpick his team or was it something that you sat back a little mm. and see what, you saw what you wanted to do and then you were kind of like okay mom this is what I think what do you think yeah it was, it started very early it was none of the above <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like thinking about it okay so I have to give you the backstory to okay. that so um I came at parenting with the realization that I was breeding individuals mm. even if they were twins yeah. I, I knew that I couldn't use the same method for for, for, for everyone. Um and it's it's evident in little things. This one likes soft doo doo. This one <laughs> likes you know, this one doesn't want doo doo at all. So even from little things, you'd know that <laughs> you know, you'd know that um these people are different. Yeah. And so I had that in my head. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to breed people that were well-rounded. Yeah. Um, now, you will remember, I was... My father made me feel like I was the reason he was put on earth. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so nice. Yes. So that's so sweet. You know, like, I was the reason he was put on earth. So, when I see later, like, his 80th birthday, he was celebrated mm. for an entire week. It's wow. the first time someone that has never been in politics or in power yeah. has ever been that celebrated. And people came and were saying, oh, he's influenced my life from Liberia, mm. from South Africa, people he had never met, met before. Wow. And, you know, and they talk about what he's done for journalism and culture and music. And I'm thinking, Wow. When did he do when all, did all this? Because he as was far as always, you are concerned, he was well, always there. about you. Yeah, <laughs> he was always there. He was, it, was, yeah. it was so bad, my mom could not stand the two of us. Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I was I'm somewhere in this picture, you know. So it, 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 that taught me, and he kept saying to me, You have no moral justification not to be there for your children. Mm. And quite honestly, wow. I don't have <laughs> any excuses. So that was in my head, and fortunately, you know. My husband probably didn't have the same upbringing, but I guess that was one of the things he loved about yeah. me. So he wanted to be part of creating of that. that kind of environment for our children. And he was keener on having children than I was anyway. <laughs> That's so interesting. As men often are. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Because they don't have to deal with the wahala. They're only talking wala. about I want six children's birth. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, he was ready to, yeah. you know. Parent. Yeah, parent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so um, that, that was in my head. Mm. So I went into it thinking, okay, you need to find their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I knew that... Um, they were born at a time that was that had evolved mm. and you had to prepare their wings and i honestly didn't want to be looking after children till i'm i turn 80 yeah i just i was just like look i'm starting this thing on time let's equip these people let, let, me, let, get let, let me go let me get on with it you know so <laughs> so equipping you meant finding out what you were good at yeah but paying for the best education we could sacrifice to pay yeah. for and you know just being there to build you and guide you so that you know there's enough inside you to to, to move yeah. on um so he is the first um so i think we had more time with him mm. alone than with anyone else um there's only two years between him and his sister yeah. but two years but a you long had time. those two years two years is a long time um so uh i saw from mm. the beginning that you know my child was more interested in singing naughty by mm. nature than nursery rhymes <laughs> and you know i got constantly embarrassed because he, he would go for school functions and and he has to sing something and he's <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not the kind of music. That's not what you're supposed to be saying. That's not why we're here. And we got free burgers and chips and free food from all kinds of places where he would wow. jump on the table and, 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 and start performing. So I knew Early there was on. something. And he was so good looking. He was honestly so good looking that, you know, people would turn and look and touch and, you know, and walked around like he owned everything. Yeah. So there was that star quality that already from early one knew was there. Mm. Um, so just focusing and then watching him grow, primary school, of course, you know, we got to the stage of putting. If Nelly was wearing a plaster on his face, he, was, he would go and wear <laughs> that plaster we did on that. his face. Oh no! No, but he didn't. The irony is, he didn't do it for my house. Really? No. So I, I remember one day. I went to, um, I saw his um, teacher, who was like, oh, that, that injury on his face. <laughs> what happened to him? You need to air it. 
that the plaster is not going to let it heal. And you know it's on his face. The man was genuinely concerned. Serious. So that you need to expose it so that it heals. That it might not look nice, but, you know, just <laughs> expose You're it. You're probably so thinking which heals. of the injuries. I said, who? <laughs> she called, he called his name. I said, you know my son. He said, he doesn't have an injury. He said, he has an injury now on his face. <laughs> one, two, one, there's always a plaster that has been there for two weeks. My son. <laughs> so I said, okay. He came back home from school. Of course, his face was as normal as he went. No I said plaster. nothing. The following day, usually because at this point, I think it was in primary six, mm. the, his school was two streets away. Mm. So we would walk to pick them from school. And I, it wouldn't be me. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of having someone go, I went, went by myself. And I got there early. So it wasn't time to, you know, he didn't know anyone was coming. He wouldn't so I stood off. there. You could see the class. And I saw the plaster on his face. And he looked through the window and saw me and tried to reach for the plaster. And I started, you know, making sounds with my mouth, just forming my mouth. Like, don't touch it. Whatever you do, don't touch that plaster. Leave it there. I was just like, leave it there. So he had to leave it. And then, and, then, and then he had to come out of class. And the first thing he was like, Mommy, if you want to kill me, just don't do it in public. <laughs> Let's just get home first, please. Don't shout. Don't, Because he hates public embarrassment when it's coming from someone he cares about. So don't just let... I know, I know I'm dying. Let's just... Let's get home. So, <laughs> so we managed and got home. And I yanked it off and I said, Okay, since you like plaster... I will now give you a mark <laughs> that you wear plaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so this, this I now realized because Ronnie, his yeah. sister, they used to call her the snitch. So Ronnie said, "I told him it's not serious. <laughs> I told him it's not serious. Go and read your book. You are putting plaster like Nelly." I said, "Who is Nelly?" Then I watched the video. I'm like, oh my God. This is where this, is this, where this is coming from. from. I said, this man probably has a pimple or a boil that he wants that to cover. Actually... <laughs> you know, he has a zit that you he wants to cover. Everybody has taken the plaster And everybody on board. has taken the plaster on, you know. So, <laughs> and I guess I didn't help because I left them to express themselves yeah. in fashion. So, you know, he wore the bucket hats, he wore the jerseys, he had the do-rags, all of that. Um... And then he decided to add the plaster. <laughs> so at least they were cool. When my mom allowed me to start dressing myself, oh, I was a disgrace. Was we did that plaster thing as well. Honestly, it was it was truly awful. I was just a disgrace. I had it no sense awful. of color, no sense of style. So when my mom would leave me to my own devices, I'll wear, you know, I want to lay and lay. I should just be like, you know, okay, you can't wear the skirt on top of the jeans. We're Remove copying all these music videos. No, I, I think <laughs> but we I, didn't know. We didn't know where they were coming from. Yeah, no, I think I'm. I think I'm lucky like that. We're I think all my kids best. have that sense of. Mm. The one my mom couldn't stand with the bandanas. Together. Wow, there were oh, so many. I was about to say that. No, the bandana like that with the little... There were so many bandanas. The one you cover one eye. One eye. <laughs> then it was all the way to the back. Then we started wearing it as a, as a top. Oh, oh, there, were, there were a bunch of bandanas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my, girl, my girls didn't do that dark one. Time. Was it dark I think time. I, I think I was more... I, I think I cared more about my girls and how yeah. they looked. <laughs> it was a dark To be honest. The bandana thing. I think I cared more. And they were quite cool with their style yeah. yeah so i didn't go through that period of hypertension 
you know. So, <laughs> so all this, uh, I mean, this story, mm. I'm trying to get to the fact that all the pointers were there. Were there for you All to the say. pointers were there. Um, so, and I didn't ignore them. Mm. So I just knew that, I mean, he would pass like everyone else, yeah. but, you know, I knew that he was not thrilled by academics. Yeah. Mm. And um, unfortunately for him, he had sisters who made, the one after him made straight A's, <laughs> the, the one after that, the one after he made straight A stars. So even if in any other house he would have been he considered have been intelligent, there he was not. <laughs> it was it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. So you know, I I decided to try everything mm. for all of them, not just him. Um, I started the language school because I had the bilingual thing mm. in my head, and I had seen what the what the advantages were. Yeah, the opportunities. And you know, I just thought, no, okay. There's no French school here because I lived in Port Harcourt. Mm. There's no French school here. We have to do something about it. So I set up one. Um, essentially because I wanted them to have that. To be, so I yeah. ran it as a business and thought, okay, you're not going to be an interpreter here traveling and leaving your kids. So do something in line and still remain on ground. So they were my first students. Wow. The music school, they were my first students. And then, you know, the girls How went close for, together were they, the language and the music? The schools? Yeah. Like in terms of location? Well, did they come up at the same time? No, no, no. The language school started in 1997. Mm. Um, the music school started in 2000. Mm. Okay. So there was three years in between. Um, and then, of course, the excursion trips yeah. that, that dragged them off on as well. So, you know, did Taekwondo somewhere. His own, he was the worst experiment because I, I just kind of yeah, knew the tried, academics, yeah. you know. So I, he went for surfing classes. He went for horse riding classes. He went for taekwondo. He became a black belt at 11. Wow. Um, basketball. Ah, MVP. <laughs> but I had to buy and one outfit. Um, <laughs> skateboarding. <laughs> skateboarding. You know, so... He, you are very keen to yes, figure out. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Just, you know, just for the heck of it. And he enjoyed all of this. If it was physical activity, he loved he it. There. And he excelled. So... At some point, we're like, okay, so is it going to be music or is it going to be swimming? Is it going to be skateboarding? Or something And then else. we heard of um, this skateboarder that was... Mm, I said, okay. If he's skateboarding, he can still feed himself. <laughs> 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 you know, so we just went through the motions. Yeah. And I did it for the girls as well. I mean, I didn't look so hard because... It was, you know, academics were... Yeah, they were, you know, they were straight A students. And, you know. So, I mean, he would make A's and F's. So clearly... If he's focusing his A, if he's not, yeah, you know. And when I talked, can't you just do C's? Why must it be this or that? Or and he said, that. if you add it together now, it, it actually <laughs> averages out. Cancel, everything he actually told me that. I said, if you add it up together, then, you know. I said, that no, but what this tells me is that you're smart. You're just not focusing. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'm not focusing because I don't. <laughs> I don't like it. You know, so, um, and I don't believe you should stick people into what they don't like mm. I, I don't think you'd ever excel at it so I, I kind of knew we would trade off grades for studio time mm. um, during half term or exit weekends when it was in secondary yeah, actually, school I'm not watching you but you were actually an intentional incredible parent. you are very intentional honestly, I like, hope okay. you guys that are having children are taking notes because honestly you are very intentional like once you notice that okay this is what seems to be working for this you guy, are trying to push you your children to... into their interests into yes. their interests yeah because I didn't I did it for each of them. Yeah, to into be their fair. I'm figuring out how to like um, get the kind of flip them. the interest yeah. mm-hmm. to work for things that are not interesting. Yeah. So it's clear music is important to you. Mm-hmm. If you want to sing more, then manage. Yeah. No, if you want me to pay for studio time. 
Because you have to pay. Actual studio time. Yes. Wow. Yes. Man. Yes. So my dad would drive them to the studio because they lived in Lagos. Why mm. we live there? Drive them to the studio. I would pay for the studio time, and he would do studio. Wow. You know, and they they had a band of about four or five of them. Only two of us parents used to share to pay the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the other people's mothers knew they, they were going near wow. the studio. You know, wow. so um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I just like the intentionality of I it do, all. I really I think like it. Makes it makes a huge difference when you have that support, and it's also channeled into. You don't just have to do it, but you have to do it in a way where you can become excellent at it. Mm-hmm. It completely it makes changes. The diff- it, it changes, changes the game. It, it changes mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, yeah, it does. It and I also everything. believe, I mean, whatever you do decide to do, there's a, there's a level of education. Mm. And education is not just letters. Yeah. There's a level of education that, I mean, everybody should have some etiquette. You should know how to sit at a table. You should yeah. know what fork is for what. You should know what glass is for what. Yeah. You know, that's education too. Yeah. You, need, you need a certain level of education um, in, in other languages apart from English, yeah. there's a difference between education and instruction. Yeah. In English, we just say it as one word. So that's why sometimes I say the English language is not very complete. Mm. So instruction is what you get in school, yeah. letters, academics. Education is around, yeah. You know, it's being taught to be courteous, being taught to dress properly, being taught to eat properly, being taught to, you know, carry yourself. That's education. So I was more interested in just the education whole, the whole story. And, and not just instruction of, you know, um, I can read and write. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. So we started talking about um, having kind of steering your children towards what is not just what they're interested in, but what mm-hmm. is profitable. Because yeah. like you said, you weren't interested in mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. dragging a 50-something-year-old while you're eating something. Yeah. And both of you trying to figure it out. Um, the creative industry at the moment is really like occupied by a lot of young people. Mm. And I find that you seem always at ease. Like you just seem around like, them. It's yeah. not, this, this, nothing really flusters so, you. Yeah, so the generational thing I see, even with like, I mean, with most parents, most adults that were around, particularly when it comes to the creative, but just even in life, there's, you can tell there's a huge generational kind of imbalance and there's misunderstanding on both sides. But you seem to have balanced that out a little bit where it doesn't seem to phase you. I'm trying to think about where it came from, to be honest. Maybe your dad, again. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely, because he would say that, you know, being around young people sharpens his mm. intellect and keeps him, you know, on his toes. Yeah. Um, I'm not that old, so perhaps I don't need that. I'm trying to think <laughs> <laughs> what else it could be. I think teaching. Mm. Well, yeah. I think teaching, if... Um, if you're doing it from passion, mm. you need to like communicating with young people. Yeah. Mm. Um, I taught in a university for 10 years. Mm. Really? Yes, I did. I retired voluntarily last year. Really? Yes. 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 See, we so, get the tea. We get the gist Yeah, here. so... just uh, can't get on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, now they're too focused on saying uh, that was the last dance. I was about to get there. We were going there. But when you said it, I was like, I was like, this math. I was about to say that this math is this math is wrong. It's horribly wrong. Because honestly, I mean, I remember when When? I saw it. The article said facts that you (laughs) don't know. I said, look at this one. (laughs) (laughs) You mean we should circle whoever wrote this this thing? 
That's and there's it. a whole like internet legend around yeah. this philosophy. Yeah. I'm like, you guys should stop saying yeah. this thing now. It's, it's, not, not, true. it's not true. She was in school. <laughs> I said it's that it's been cool. Yeah. But, but it's not true. <laughs> I don't even know. It's so interesting how the internet carries things like that. And people constantly say it. They like, say that like facts. They say it all they say the time. ten things you need to know about Mama Burner. Bossy, her real name is Bossy. I said, like, yeah, this is not true. It, yeah. Stop saying this. Th- I was going to ask you that. Do you get that all the time? Yes. Yes. Like people just randomly say, "Oh, was they like dancing?" For-? Is, that, is that something? No, no, like- not just the not just the dancing. People make up, you know, stories, and uh, maybe one person says it. Mm. I mean, it could be something very basic. Like we just finished the tour in Toronto, mm. and we got to um, Edmonton, I think it was, and they sent us Nigerian food with a lot of pounded yam and okra soup, like so much of it. And there was no plantain. There right. was just a little rice. So I was like, who's going to eat yeah, this? Yeah, whose meal is this? So I said, ah, they told us that Bonabo, if he doesn't see your cross soup, <laughs> he's not going to do the show. I said, who? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they told him. Now, you would have thought that guy was, you know, making it up. Yeah. We got to the next city. Again, that happened. We got to Toronto, and the same thing happened. Okra and yeah. Okra, egusi, and then pounded yam. A whole lot of it. So I said, what to say? That's what they told him. I said, so, who <laughs> is going to make it yeah. So it could be something so basic. But people make it their business. You know, I, I, I know how that will happen. To make it up. When we were in school, guys to just chow pounded yam. I'm sure cook. someone went to guys I'm so sure that it started from it, something else. Someone wanted it. Maybe there was yeah, maybe one video of him but the, but the enjoying that like He's one. not somebody that likes to swallow mm. anything. I'm not either. Ne- neither are my children. Not, none of them. Yeah. It's it's just not, you know. Part but of once in like. a while, if he's been ill or he's been away from the country for a long time. <laughs> but he does love Nigerian food. I said, where did you keep jollof rice? And dudu and fried yam. And even unkwabi. That's all it was. <laughs> and snails. Those are the things he eats, not... Yeah. Pound. He doesn't even find the yam at all. <laughs> I actually wonder how these things So from happen. from little things like that, mm. you now learn to, you know, not take it so seriously. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the ones that were painful, and then it was new, were the stories of, oh, you know, he killed somebody in the UK mm. and then he was sentenced to jail for 21 years and then he did 11 months and then, you know, he broke parole and came home and then he was stupid enough to go back and then he got back instead of being um, locked up because if you break parole and you leave yeah, and, you, and you're stupid enough to come back, yeah. instead of being locked up, he's deported. Yeah. You know, so, and, and this was the story. And... First, I was like, oh, no, nobody's going to believe this. It doesn't even make sense. But that story stuck around for five years. Yeah, I remember when that was going on, even though the maths never added up. You know, <laughs> even though the maths never added the up, because never added there up. were always comments from people who were in school with him at different points saying, I was when you know, this, that, that, that. And some people would say, in the UK, you, you carry a knife. It's five years. Not to talk of you kill somebody. Yeah. You're not coming out in 11 months on parole. You know, so all those stories... At, at that point, that one was annoying mm. because I saw intelligent people not questioning. Mm. And everyone was riding on this wave and it would come back and come back. And at a point, I was like, is this some type of sabotage? Yeah. You know, the same story keeps on being recycled. recycled. And then he, 
I, I think that was the point at which he became very rebellious mm. to everyone in the entertainment industry because it was like, okay, why didn't they say I stole money or Something, I did yeah. credit card fraud? Why does it have to be that I killed somebody? So I have the mind to kiss up. Okay, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> you you find they make up all kinds of things, and it's yeah. one thing if it's harmless, but there are some. But that are some of dangerous. them are very painful. Yeah. Some when of them dangerous. are. I mean, being a fellow dancer, that's fine. I mean, that's light. Yeah. The only painful thing is it's not true. Yeah. And then you're saying these are facts, and there are helpless people listening who and are, reading who are, who are, who are believing everything that, that yeah. you say. So everybody that is close to me now, in fact, the up to 500 people that were in secondary school at least when I was there now believe they don't believe anything they read on the blogs yeah ah, because right. they've seen because they're like if somebody can say that Bosse was dancing for a fella when we were all in school together and anything can happen and they're getting away with it then what else are they lying about you know so and I, from someone whose father was a journalist I'm just I look at it and I'm like you guys need to do some research yeah. just take a little effort you know, do Even your, your small you know, just do small your mouth. homework. Just try, just try, and you know. But I've never focused on on what people say or do, because I think when you do that, I mean, I I know people who back in the day would say, oh, "Your son is wearing studs. Oh, we're going into church. He needs to take it off." Mm. And I'm like, "Why? God doesn't know he wears them." Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, his eyes are going to change when he crosses that. Once threshold. he enters, but when he you comes know. back out, he can put them back on. Yeah, and I remember this belt I bought from from Disneyland for mm. him that had the ca- Pirates of the Caribbean mm. skull. I bought it. He wasn't there, and he wore it. And you know, you would have people whispering, ah, "Why is your son?" They don't come to me because they just. They would say, oh, my husband is very civilized, but his wife is mad. So they won't come to me. <laughs> so they would go to him and say, son, why is your son wearing that belt with that pirate skull? Do you know what it means? And he would be nice and say, nah, his mother bought it. I'm like, what is what he saying? Why didn't you send him to me? <laughs> then they would come and ask you, yeah. what does it mean? Yeah, because that, the man talking to you, I see him yeah. out. He's going out with people that are my daughter's mates. And his focus in life is a belt. Yeah. So the whole hypocritical cycle that that we live with. Yeah. And I know people, you know, because I worked with young people, there are a lot of them who change in the toilet at the airport. So Hi. that they don't see them. So their parents are going don't to even party. know. You've worn one outfit. By the time you arrive at the party, you've remixed. You know, I just remember, I remember you've one You've changed time. the outfit. Went so out. they don't, just to they don't know problem. their children. I went out and cha- I changed my... I changed my very long gone, very oh, thick jeans. Oh, done it. To one very spicy skirt. My children have never done it. Then yeah. my mother I never saw did a it. picture. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> and then the question now became, why can't you? I said, if I want to tell people, we shout oh, now. We shout. Two <laughs> people, shout. It's that simple. It might even be harmless. Yeah. But because they make a big deal out of it. And then it becomes you, you a become problem. You become sneaky and dodgy. Yeah. And one thing leads to another. You learn to lie. You learn to lie. You learn to lie. And you learn to You learn to become bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you yes. a, a little bit about, in terms of um, parenting, mm. um, I'd like to talk about drawing the line between, not drawing the line, mm. but figuring out how to, because you work with your children. Mm. 
um, FKNL is a joke that we can't do it. I cannot work with Kemi and Kola. Oh no. It's just not going to work. Have children? No, they tried oh. to rope me into okay. family business. I keep sending them that if you want us to continue cohabiting in peace. <laughs> so I want to ask you, what, what's that like? Um, how, do you, how do you create a healthy child-parent environment but still make sure that it's a business? Yeah, and I also want to add, like, even the layers, so there's parents, there's friends as they grow older. Yes. And there's also, you're working together, like, this is a business. How do you manage all of those things? And, you you know, you're not, it's not like a typical family business, but you're all working together a lot, um, often. And how does that not put a strain on personal mm-hmm. relationships? Yeah. Or how do you manage the different layers? Or do you not see them as layers? Hmm. So now you ask me 10 questions. <laughs> like 25. <laughs> do I see the layers? Yes, I do. Mm. Um, this is not a family business, mm. to be honest, because I didn't set out saying, okay, I want to create this empire mm. and I need for, you know, these are the tools I'm going to yeah. use. Um, which is why when people think that they're complimenting me and they liken me to some parents, I don't want to call names, that are doing well, mm. um, making money with their kids. I'm not, I don't find it to be a compliment. Mm. Um, I didn't draw this blueprint and say, oh, I'm going to raise kids who do this and do mm. this and do this so that I can get to this level and with do them, this. Yeah. So there's a difference when that's the blueprint than when you just have children and you know they 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 find themselves threading paths that mm. um for me where they have no safety net mm. and you know they ask you to take up the role yeah. mm. you know which was what happened um so you find yourself doing it as sacrifice mm. not as ambition right okay so that's that's the first difference. Um, you're doing it to safeguard them, your own, yeah. and you know, just helping them get to where they can. And this is good if you have the capacity to, to do, do it. it properly, if you yeah. don't, don't even try it, because everybody doesn't have the head for business, yeah. and everybody cannot learn quickly. You know, I've had to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I've been doing business since I was 16, so yes, that that, was the... that acumen everybody knows that I have it. Um, you know, also been involved in international travel and planning tours. So that clearly I also have. Um, but everything in between, apart from growing up around music, I've had to learn On and make up yeah. as I go along. So first of all, it's for me, it's more about sacrifice mm. than ambition. I think that's the key difference. Different. And when you know that it's, it's um, sacrifice, you're not looking for reward. Mm. You're not looking to be celebrated. You're not looking even to make money. Mm. I mean, I just wanted them to be self-sufficient. And I'll be fine. Because, thing, yeah. no, because, I mean, I had three kids. Yeah, Schooling. In Corona Secondary School, <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and then lot. they all went to school abroad. So all those years, I had to deprive myself yeah. of many things. And I'm like, this is not going to continue. Let them finish. And let me, you know, let you start have those again. holidays. Yeah. That's, go back to your roots. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so it, that's what it was more about. So, yes, even without, even without um, managing 
mm. your child or your children, you still have layers of where do you draw the line between being a mother and being a friend? Yeah. It's a very. I want, I want. I want us to really talk about. That yeah, it's a very. About it's it. a very gray line. Yeah. And I mean, forget about music. Forget about. Yep. You just, know, yep. just parenting. just, just child, that. Yeah. Parenting. You know, when are you a mother? When are you a friend? Yeah. It's 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 not an easy line, but it's a line that um, has to exist. Mm. Um, and you have to keep coloring it and shifting it mm. depending on the context. Mm. Interesting. Because things change with their yeah. age. With their status, circumstance. Different I mean, things. the way you're going to threaten a child who can buy and sell you ten times is different yes, from. Now we've got it it's there. different from the way you're going to threaten we've a child that there. you're paying bills for. Paying bills we've for. got it there. So, so I said to parents, you know, I said, be careful what with, you wish yeah. for, because if <laughs> when, you're the kind of happens, parents that when your children are in school, you know, you keep saying, if you do this, I won't pay your school fees. Yeah. If you do this, I won't give you pocket money. I said, let your control not be about money. Yeah. Mm. Because if it is. That child has it in his head that the day yeah, I get yeah, money, I'm going to be free money. of you. And I'm going and, to show you. <laughs> and when they're free, then you can't yeah. say anything to them anymore. And that's a longer time of their lives than, than the, than the, the short beginning. time that you're paying your bills that seems so, so important to you. So, fortunately, it was never that, that mm. for us. So, it's not... when it, Money is not... It's not the... It's, it's, it's not binding. It's not, it's not... It's not because I say money is a visitor. It belongs yeah. to whoever it's visiting. It's important, but it's not. You not know, the bill. It's no. not. It's not. It can't be. It can't be. So that's not an issue for us. It has never been a measure of control. Yeah. It has, you know, it's not a measure of whatever. If we're fighting about money, it's because I'm trying to stop him from wasting his money. <laughs> and, you know, everybody knows that, yeah. you know, she's not about to take it. It's not, you know, that's not... Fortunately, that's not that's not, that's about, not a problem yeah. for us, but it's a problem in a lot of in with a lot of I families. Really, I genuinely want us to talk about in that. Yeah, situation with a lot of families that work together. Yes, it's, it's it's a problem. No, apart from even working, even to, together, even just working money. together, just money, so just your cho- the concept of your child growing being successful, into, yes. like you like you planned for and wished for, and then making a lot of money, and then it's fundamentally changing the dynamics mm. of the household. So I've seen people where it's not they, even if they've not, for example, moved out or anything. Maybe they're young and they've come into money. The way their parents talk to them now is, and you know, and people, a lot of, I know a lot of people who feel like all I need is to make this money so that these people can respect me, yes. so that they can stop talking to me anyhow. Because once they see that I've made this money, the then you see a lot change. of parents shift and they start speaking, or even just maybe it's not money, but even seeing some semblance of success. So I know if maybe you know you've been recognized by something or you came out in some article. A lot of parents, because they haven't like towed this line very finely, that is when they now want to build um, this really friendship sure layer so. because they, they the control they have is no longer there because it was about things that you know things like money, things like maybe you're living under my roof. So the minute people hmm. move out, for example, your whole relationship with your parents has changed because you were never friends. It was just this control of when you're under my roof. So once you've left their roof now, what are you going to say to me again about... And I find it very fascinating, especially when people then work together. Mm. And it's not... Um, it, when the family business is not necessarily that the the predecessors are the ones you know driving the business, when it's, it's uh, coming across and the young yeah. people are in charge, it's always a very, very interesting... How do you build... Just general, this is from you. Because mm. I, I remember when we were in school, when I mean, I used to talk every single day. 
every yes. single day. Like I remember that very, very clearly. Mm. And it wasn't. What's She's my up? best yeah, friend. She, 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 it was, yeah. it was and it's a very friendly yeah. relationship. There was never any disrespect, but it was clear. Yeah. Oh, sometimes there is. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes, we but then at some time, at some times, I'll be like, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was clear that she likes you. Yeah, yes. that's it. That's a very. That's I always very say. Thing. I, I hope so because it's stuck with me. Everybody loves it. I say, I say, this is not a lie. When people say I love, everybody loves everybody else. But to like your mother is different. Yeah, it's very different. And so I want to. I want to. I wanted you to touch a little bit on figuring out for new parents or parents who are who almost feel like maybe they just suddenly it's not sudden but they're just noticing that oh it's like me and this person the actual person my child is we don't, I don't get know along them. yeah we don't know each other very well how do you figure in building a relationship even from like young people to older people because your parents are still around yeah mm-hmm. you have a relationship with your parents mm-hmm. how do you figure especially for African parents who have always felt they have to parent in a very certain way yeah. Um, and it hasn't really been working out. And also, <laughs> just a big part of that is around, like, how do you around acceptance? I guess it came naturally for you because you had that acceptance. But I think a big part of this not knowing your children is sometimes parents know that they've seen their children, they don't accept them, they don't want them. That's not to what be they the wanted. person. That's not what. That's not the one they wanted. They wanted to exchange it for that person that uh, they always well, comparing. Well, I, I, I the think road. it's there's a lot of hypocrisy mm. that we're brought up around. Mm. Um, how do you mean? Yes, um, I'll tell you now. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was I was talking about the example of um you know I remember little things from when my son was little and he would go for haircuts with his father and he liked to have the Nike sign mm. on his head and his father was fine with it and he would have the Nike sa- yeah. sign and you know it was a problem for some people why does he have that on his head and some would be like is he your child yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean is he your child <laughs> and but a lot of us care about, about what that. this person is going to say or what that person is going to say, you know. And people who used to and and the amazing thing is when their kids grow, you don't know what they're going to yeah. allow. I don't know how many kids I see with dreadlocks now. Yeah. And their parents are cool with it. You know. Back then, eh? Your child has dreadlocks. How? Even to grow the hair a little. Yeah. Do, do you understand? <laughs> yeah. So and then if you were someone who lived listening to people and their opinions, when you now have killed your child, you now watch their own children grow grow the dreads yeah. and wear the earrings that are bigger than your son's earrings and have tattoos, you know. And then you're like, ah, I don't believe this is happening. Yeah. I don't believe this person is allowing it, you know. But it's not their fault. It's your fault. Yeah. You need to draw the line. You need to pick your battles. You need to decide what forms character. Mm. And what is just for show? Yeah. Please, what forms character and what is just for show? Hello, <laughs> hello. You know. So, and it's it's more important what happens in your house yeah. when you lock the door, because that's where you really spend time, than what you tell your children to look like, or say yeah. when they are outside for thirty minutes for yeah. one hour at functions. Mm. That's how you know your children. We are the ones that create this. Yeah, when you tell me, okay, so when we're in church, this is how you should sit. This is how you should stand. Home. When we're um, going for PTA meeting and the parents come, eh, don't greet me like this. So talk like this. Mm. When you are at my friend's party, you know, talk about these cars. Don't talk about that one. And you're doing all of this. And your child is taking it in. So you're teaching them to be several people. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they are beginning to know what is important to you. Yeah. You're not comfortable with them as they are. Mm. You know, which is a, a, a acceptance and teaching your children or people in general. Many adults are not comfortable in their own skin. No. Let's not even be deluded yeah. <laughs> and start focusing on children. Many adults are not yeah, comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people think it's, it's okay to steal if you're in position, yeah. but you shouldn't have a tattoo. <laughs> that is the mark of disgrace. That is that, that's the worst you can yes. be. Or you shouldn't, See? you know, or you shouldn't wear... To little things like wearing anklets, but they dye don't mind actual dyeing your hair. Deep character you know? flaws but, but that people yes. have. So, so what is what is what character? Is what is yeah. important? That's the point. The fact that I, um, back in the day, if you talk to my father, I probably I had my Cindy Lopper moments. I leave people to go and Google Cindy Lopper. <laughs> she was the first known punk female. Wow. <laughs> I had my Cindy Lopper female moments, but you know, f- for him, what was important was. If you're going to look like this, you have to be smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Because they're going to stereotype you. Mm. You know, so I would write exams without writing my name. So that nobody would say, oh, is that her paper? She didn't pass like that. You know, so it was a prank that I played, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, I, and I kind uh, of enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, I kind of knew my strengths. I, I knew I was blessed with the gift of words, the gift of languages, you know, the gifts of being able to be sociable. So you just play, play, play around that. So I don't know. I think really we have to start with ourselves, the parents. And yeah. I mean, knowing that we should be real. If somebody is your friend, greet them properly. Yeah. If they're not your friends, they're not your friends. Whether they're famous or they're not famous. Yeah. You know, just being real. And respect yourself. Respect what you have. Yeah. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side. Yeah. No matter how green you think how it might it be. I mean, I'm not saying don't aspire and say, oh, I, you know, this person's my role model or I want to be able to have this. But pick out the things you want about that person because there will definitely be things that you don't like. Mm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, um, your pride. You're, very, you're a very proud African mm. and Pan-Africanism. It's something that I've noticed from your son's music mm. and when the the few times we've heard you speak it's something that comes across very very clearly mm. like a proud african you believe in collaboration across africa it's mm. something you've made very clear so i wanted us to talk because we do have listeners around yeah africa and other places and i just wanted you to speak a little on how um what you think in terms of like the state of the continent mm. um, not just musically but as a whole um, you, you speak several languages some of mm. them spoken across yeah. the continent what do you think it is that young people um, need to understand about being African, about being black, about kind of reclaiming our pride? I, I just feel like it's something you take very, very seriously. seriously. Yes. Like it's something you're very yeah. proud of. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. And if there's anything you really want people across the black... So no. I don't even think Africa, the black diaspora yeah. in general. If there's anything you think we should be thinking about or figuring out, something that you think maybe your generation might have missed that we should be looking at doing better yeah. properly. Okay. I'm trying to attack the question <laughs> or the questions <laughs> from from different angles. I mean, I, I already established the fact that I grew up around all of that mm-hmm. and would have discussions in my house about apartheid. I mean, I could give you the full definition of apartheid and all that from when I was seven. Yeah. Um, um, 
we had the sculpture of a fist in, in the sitting room and you know, I had taken pains to understand what that meant. And I grew up with the realization that I was black, mm. African. Um, that wouldn't be changed. Yeah. So part of being comfortable in your own skin was accepting and embracing yourself. Yeah. It also helped, apart from the talk, it also helped that I was able to travel around Africa, um, essentially because of the languages. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I started working from vacation jobs when I was 16. Mm. And because I had the dual languages, I would get jobs at trade fairs. Mm. Um, so I, I worked for the World Trade Center in Abidjan, um, you know, would go for trade fairs in, in uh, Gabon, just, just moving around. around. And, and seeing people who looked like you, who couldn't talk to you because they spoke English and you spoke French. Yeah. And then when I started doing excursion trips for children, I remember the kids... We went to Togo and they were like, why don't they go to school? He asked, why, why do you say they don't go to school? I said, because they don't speak English. <laughs> I said, but do you speak French? Yeah. said, no, but they should speak English because they're not, said they're black, they're not white, they're not <laughs> French people. So they should speak English. I said, well, unfortunately, we have the same story. Yeah. We have the same story of colonialists. The same people who taught you English, yeah. they taught them, taught them French. taught them French. So you're as illiterate or as literate <laughs> as they are, depending on what side you're looking Yo, at it yeah. from. Yes, yes. You know, so, and I had taken these things for granted, but I would look through those children's eyes and realize that these are actually intelligent yeah. questions that made sense. The other thing was the Togolese child at that time didn't know what a generator was. Because mm, they had never experienced They had that. never experienced it. You know, so there the, are the little things that you would see. Um, they had mobile phones in Abidjan in the 90s. Mm. You know, and I remember my son saying to the ambassador, I, I've seen, say, are we poor in Nigeria? <laughs> That's what he asked the ambassador of Nigeria to, to call wow. to Say, are we poor? And the man said, no, we're rich. So how come hawkers on the streets have mobile phones? And my we father can barely afford it to write a phone. You know, that 090 yeah. that time. You know? See, my father doesn't have a phone because he said he can't afford it. Oh. And that made sense. Yeah. You know, before GSM came yeah. out. Because they had GSM and what we had now. Mm. So he had to explain that, no, it doesn't cost what it costs in Nigeria. So all of this, and I'm grateful I had the opportunity to, see to, to, to travel and to take those children mm. around. Because if you calculate it, I probably worked with about 5,000 people. Wow. Some of them are married now with kids. But what those trips have done to those children is that it has opened their eyes to see things. You don't see it when you travel with your mother. Yeah, it's a different experience. Because you're shopping and you're yeah. doing other things. But, you know, when you're thrown together with young people that... So we saw the differences. Mm. Someone invited us, one of the teachers I hired, invited us for lunch. Mm. And I make a note that we must eat one African meal wherever we go. That belongs to that the belongs place. To them. And she said, oh, she's going to make us something called futu and sauce grain. I said, okay, what's futu and sauce grain? We get there. And it's pounded yam and banga soup. <laughs> so even the food is the yeah, same thing. traveled around. So, you know, so I sat these children down and I was like, we are the same. Yeah. All these borders, you have 
my grandmother was from Ibadan with the complete marks mm. on her face. I see people like her with the marks from in Port Novo. Mm. So, you know, they speak the kind of Ibadan Yoruba that she speaks, that yeah. my son speaks, by the way. But they mix it with French, the way we mix it with English. Yeah. So you're looking at all of this and you're saying, these people just spread out the they sand. They just spread out. And they just, they just happened to be over a there. Broom yeah. And drew the lines. Yeah. What we had before were empires, not countries. Yeah. And those were more reflective of our culture. Yeah. You know, so when you look at all of this, you would imagine that Africa was one mass land space that people came and divided according to their needs yeah. and their greed. The operative word there is theirs, not yours. Not ours at all. So they, they divided it according to their needs and their greed. And then, you know, allowed you to give it names or gave you the names and gave you languages to speak. And then, boom, there's division. The yeah. Francophone doesn't trust the Anglophone. The, you know, the the Portuguese, the, the, yeah. the Lusophone or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, so there's already that because with language comes power, comes you know, unity yeah. comes identity and friendship. Mm. You know, so I, I gained that trust because, because of the languages way, yeah. I speak. But somebody else wouldn't, you know. So, and I worked on projects, what has become EcoBank, the mm. one with the sea. I worked on the blueprints of it mm. when I was working for the Federation of West African Chambers of Commerce. Wow. Um, I think they tried to do an airline as well, um, tried to do a shipping. A lot of that didn't work. It made me sit in the room with people who were thinking about who were this. thinking the same way, mm. and it just reinforced what I knew that the only way forward, all these things have not worked. That's why we're still yeah. where we are. the The way to do it is if it works, then you know we have resources. Yes, we have poverty, but, but is there no poverty have, in yeah. America? <laughs> You know, and they're still moving on. And they're moving on. There are places with bad water. Yeah, like they can't drink water from their tap in America. So, what what is missing? They are also different. Yeah, the redneck is different from the. They speak with different accents. Sometimes they can barely understand each other. But they are one country. So we're not special. Yeah, in that sense, being different. Do you understand? So rather than keep talking about our differences, why don't we highlight our similarities and understand that we have a common enemy? That enemy is corruption, poverty, and distrust. Yeah, that's our. You know, that's the problem. It's not the Togolese. It's It's not not the the fact that you are from a different country. No, no. It's it's that you know. If you sit down and talk to almost every African, we went around, we've, we've gone around Africa yeah. now, and it, the problems are the same. Yeah. The problems are the same. The middle class almost doesn't exist. Yeah. That is the African problem. The middle class almost doesn't exist. You know, even when it exists, they're always struggling because they're afraid. It's trickle, yes, it's either small. they go up a bit any, or they come any down. Small life change, you're up or down. You're up or down. There's no security. You yeah. pay cash for everything you own. Yeah. You know, in, they're not richer than us anyway, yeah. but they have systems that allow them get comfort yeah. and, you know, Security pay for it, pay yeah. for it over time. Mm. Sometimes they don't even finish paying till they die. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> when you are dead, you are gone. You are gone. That's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You've so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's about that. It's about embracing that and, mm. you know, getting together and making it 
a strong rope instead of these little threads that, we that are being broken by, by everybody else that sees something yeah. they need from our land. Yeah. You know? And as for the ones in the, in the diaspora, it, I mean, the first question is you need to ask yourself. First of all, some people don't even think they're black. They don't even, they're not sure where they're So from. first of all, are you black? Yeah. If you are black, I mean, I don't care what is politically correct yeah. to call it. You know, if you are black, then where are your roots? Yeah. That's it. Where are your roots? If your roots are in Africa, and I can tell you that they are, but, you know, you don't have to take my word yeah. for it. If your roots are in Africa, then you will be respected better. If Africa is a better place, yeah. wherever you live, a black person will be treated better if their origins is, yeah. are prosperous dignified and well. dignified. You know, they will begin to look at them as royalty and begin to, and begin to differently. differently. Yeah. And they would know that, look, you are not coming here because... Yeah, we need help. You're you need help. You are here to add no, value. Also an and equal member of this exactly, society. exactly. Yeah. And a lot of them are adding value. A lot of them are adding value. They are, yes, there are black people who are loafers, but there are a lot of whites and whoever who are loafers as well. <laughs> you know, ah! so, <laughs> it's true. I really well, like what you said. Well yeah. Okay, I want to switch um, for like the last question to more of the industry and kind of where you are now, thinking about, I guess, burn as a brand and where that's going. So, what I, I guess my question is is two parts we have a lot of questions so I can't lie. I can't lie. i'm guessing i can't lie i have plenty of questions so do you have eyes for this champagne it's getting <laughs> so more about about um and i want you guys to just know that the producers brought champagne today i want you to know that it's not because of us <laughs> so next time don't mention this thing to me again we won't have it so it's all good so i guess um thinking about like i said a manager and managing this success and fame that yeah having now kind of the explosion of his music on the scene. How do you... International scene. Because we All the scene, global. Yeah, global. So how do you, um, I guess, work towards that? And also how do you manage it, both from a fame and success point of view and just threading a path in the industry, like your own path, that is not what anybody's done. Because what you're doing in a way is new and different because he's an individual but yeah also I think it's also being handled differently and he's coming on the scene differently from a lot of people I'm not sure if my question is clear no <laughs> I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think about the the um yeah the English so one part is maybe you want to make it three questions yeah so one part is handling the fame and kind of success and all of that as it grows another part is handling just fame yeah fame also fame yours and Bernabeu's okay one Two is, I guess, your general thoughts on the industry and where it's going. Um, the music so industry. The music industry, where Nigerian it's going, and also Nigerian industry. music as it plays into the global scene. And I guess my third question is kind of what is next um, for you and your team? I was, I was going to say to you that how do you handle the fame? I would say you should ask the person with <laughs> Fair the fame. Yeah, that I can't answer that on his behalf because, you know, he needs to say how he handles it. Um, but now your mommy said you should come and tell us how you handle thank the you how's <laughs> <laughs> a direct instruction <laughs> you know so I can't say anything about mm. that the next question was about just your thoughts on, on where the, the Nigerian music scene so at the moment mm-hmm. we're kind of 
Afrobeat, Afrobeats, I'm not mm. sure, mm. is exploding on the scene. Mm. And there's a lot of, um, a lot, everybody wants to have a piece of this and be on the wave, sort of. Um, and so the sound is going far, mm. but is there an industry being built around it properly in a way that ni- Nigerians or Africans who are building the music, who builds the sound, are able to benefit right. from that directly because I remember when Sean Paul was blowing up in America and dancehall was moving through America and then reggaeton from South America was moving through America but because they had industries that were built for them to profit mm. off of that they were they are still able to continue moving forward is there do you think that we are building not just the sound but is the industry the publishing marketing the A&Rs, the studios, are we ready? Because you are someone who has insight into the industry. Yeah. Are we ready? Are we moving? Are we into going to be able to... the back end and the front, the front end. end. Do you think We're that... We're not ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a no-brainer. That's a direct question. Yeah. Direct. We're not ready. Um, and the example of the dance hall, I think it's probably even a poor example, or is a good example of people who are not very ready, ready either. Ready at their time. Because um, they have no structure. Mm. They have no structure. Um, and I believe in structure, yeah. honestly. Um, I think this is my thing mm-hmm. about what, what I'm aspiring to do. Mm. What has become my ambition now in all of this is to use what I know and mm. what I have learned to create structure that can help this industry mm, because industry. I believe wherever you find yourself um, that is purposeful, there's a reason. Mm, yeah. The reason cannot be just to manage my son or manage my children mm. because he has another sibling that I manage. So it, that, that can be the, the only uh, reason. Yeah. There has to be something greater than mm. that. Um, and I think in this case is to set up structure and, and build enlightenment around um, the, the industry that reflects the trajectory that we have had yeah. to take um, so that people don't have to make the mistakes that we made, um, you know, and so that they can gain from, from the good decisions mm. we made. Um, so from, from that perspective, we haven't started because I don't, I don't see the structure. Mm. I don't see the structure. Um, the Afro beats wave... Um, is a good thing. Mm. Everything has um, a way of being introduced. Yes. But I am weary mm. of the fact that we think that it's a holiday. Mm. It's just an opportunity. Yeah. There's no guarantee. For anything. And, yeah. and for us Nigerians or Africans, we're more difficult to control mm. than the people the labels are used yeah. to. And the reason is because most times an, a Nigerian artist can make money here. Yeah. Um, so if they're smart, they can afford to do certain things for themselves, which is not the case with when they break an artist there, yeah. where you're paying bills and everything is... You know, is tight, you're yeah. owing for everything. Yeah. And, you know, you're easier to control. Yeah. When when someone controls your first strings, yeah. it's easier to control. So they're looking at you, and I don't think they want to keep your headache 
for longer than they need to. (laughs) So to be quite honest, because I've sat down with a lot of people from a lot of labels, Mm. I literally told one to his face that, look, you will have bad coffee because the first thing they do is offer you coffee. At least there are many meetings. Um, And I see, and I read between the lines, and I know that they are waiting for this, your wave. To, to, to run its course yes. like a virus. So they've made up their minds, look, this is happening now. We need to catch need some to of the action. But you never know with these people. Yeah. Let's give it seven days and the clock is ticking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening. And they're not there because they want to help you. Mm. They're there because they, they want to make it's money. They, it's business. So yeah. you need to be there to, to, to fulfill a need mm. in your career. You need to identify that need and identify what role you need them to play. Mm. It's not a call to laziness and collect rent yeah. like a landlord who has built a house and says, oh, okay, I'll get my rent anyway. Or to repeat the same oil mistakes yeah. you've been making. You know, exactly. So you need to know that, you know, signing is the beginning of a journey. It's not the end. Not the, final the money end. they pay you is an advance. Yeah. You owe it. You will recoup it. One way or another. No, there's only one way to recoup it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. They don't want it in kind. Yes. They want you must make the you money must back. Make that yeah. money. And the minute you know you're not doing what you're supposed to, they put you on ice. Yeah. They put you on ice. So it's not we celebrate so much that oh we signed a deal, one million dollar deal. And you're seeing dollar signs that yeah. this guy just got paid $1 million. That's not what we should celebrate. Mm. What kind of deal did he sign? What have they What's agreed the to do what for him? For what have they agreed to do for him? And then the people who are signing prematurely, there's just some things you don't even need yeah, someone to do for you. If you make a certain level of money, you should be able to pay for your own videos. Mm. You should be able to you know, pay for your own PR. You yeah. should be able to... Just yeah, grind. Yeah. You should just you should be able time. to grind. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have very little patience with social media and this whole packaging <laughs> thing. But that's that's probably another interview because I, I think, think that so. is creating that is creating monsters and enthroning mediocrity in ways that are dangerous. Wow, enthroning yes. mediocrity is the key. Yeah, <laughs> in in ways becoming, that are dangerous honestly, because all people see is the package and yeah. there's substance doesn't matter. It. So yeah, I want to package you. No, but the point is, where is the talent? <laughs> so you must you must look at yeah. packaging talent. is is wrapping. Yes. Yeah. If the you go through if you go through beautiful, I mean, if you have if you have an orange mm. badly packed and a rotten egg nicely packed, people are going to pick, pick the, ro- yeah. the rotten egg. Yeah. But by the time they open it, they will realize that they will realize it's a rotten egg now. They've been scrummed. Do you understand? <laughs> and they will not pick that. They won't again, pick it again. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, final question. We've spoken a lot about you in context of Mama Burner. Mm-hmm. But as Lady B herself, you have your own dreams and you have your own hopes and you have your own aspirations. Um, what is next for you? 
First of all, are we going to see a lot more of you on social media? Because people yeah. seem to love you. People say, every time you speak, there's every like, time a you speak, like a huge Mom, burn up with I said today that, you know, it was funny. I said people should guess who was coming. I don't know how they knew. Like, everybody. Are you serious? Everybody was like, it's my But I was like, how do you know? <laughs> they suggested you bother, but everybody was like, no, I know who it is. Uh, I don't know. Everybody. So when you speak, the, there's, a, there's a surge of like, wow. Um... And people enjoy hearing what you yes, have to say. I think so. Not just be, not just empty chatter because you think clearly yeah. think deeply yes. about what yeah. you read widely, you think yeah. deeply, and you have the experience. So, what do you think is next for you? What do you, what are you interested in doing next? Personally, I think most of my dreams um, have been realized. Mm. Oh wow! To be honest, um, I tell people I lived the beginning of my life as Benson Idonije's daughter. Did a lot in between, and then. Became Bernard Boy's mother. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, I've, most of the things I had on my bucket list, I, I think I have done. Incredible. I would just like to see all my children successful. Mm. Um, I'd like to have more time to give to each mm. of the rest of them um, as I have to give to um, my son. That's one thing I would like mm. to do in future. I would like to see each of them become wives and husbands mm. before their fathers or mothers. Mm. I would That's like, important to you. Yes, mm. very. I would like to see um, them happy, successful. Um, if they want to marry, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather they didn't than they married bad people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but hopefully I'd like to see everyone married to good people. Mm. You know, just have that family unity continue yeah. and have their children flourish. Um, have my husband healthy and just all of us alive. Yeah. Have my 83-year-old father live another 15 years. Yeah. Um, with my mom by his side. So these are the things that, you know, you can't control. You can't control. And I pray constantly about. Mm. But for the things that I can control, um, I guess what is left now is, well, he hasn't crossed over yet. Mm. So the project, that project has not ended. Yeah. So we still have more to to do. do. And for me, it's just taking the globe and taking it piece by piece. We haven't gone to Asia. Mm. You know, so that's that's a different project. Um, we focused on America. Mm. Um, we've toured three times. We're going for the fourth one next mm. week. Um, we just started with Canada. Mm. You know, UK, we've done it all across. Yeah. We started with Europe. We're going to finish with Europe. And, you know, just move. Move around. And, just, and then know that, okay, this person is a global entity. Yeah. Because I, I would say, I mean... It's great to have the number one songs and the number one to be the Migos and the uh, Cadibis or yeah. whoever they are called, you know, respectfully. Uh, but um, it's more important for me. You would remember Prince. Yeah. You'd remember Michael Jackson. You'd remember Barbara Streisand. Yeah. You'd remember Fela. Yeah. You know, the, this, these people, that's, that's where to get to. Yeah. Can I ask you one last question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're very confident, woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear. You are very comfortable in who you are and your own skin. And um, we have a lot of 
women who listen. Mm. Mm. And I wanted you to kind of speak a little bit about figuring out, not and not in the, you know. Okay. You know, when, you ask, when you ask people to, they give you all these woo 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 answers, you know. But like genuine, genuine, you know, all these like inspirational. It doesn't really aspire tell you to mm-hmm. But kind of figuring out as a woman, um, how to be, how to be confident. It's something I've not I've noticed a lot of women. So you took up you took up a role you weren't necessarily trained for, but you knew you could. You did it, and you're doing it well. And You've it's a very male dominated well. industry, yeah. and you're doing it well. Um, but how do you figure young women, older women, doesn't matter, you're a woman, um, in whatever sphere you're in, how can you be, how can you move, move through life confident? How can you move through life confidently? Yeah. It's something that I'm she's very at ease, like she yeah, just relaxed. Yeah, person. And as a lot a of person. people are still trying to, I guess, come into their own like that and be comfortable in their own skin. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of it starts from the way you're brought up. Mm. I think if 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 you have brothers and you grew up hearing, oh, all this my property is going to my son, mm. not to you, because you're going to marry somebody and go off. Those little things they affect you. Begin to affect you, but uh, the news is everyone probably didn't hear the right things, mm. and. Fortunately, some people have still gone on to be successful, but they don't realize, especially women, they don't realize how successful they are. Mm. You know, if if you're raising your children successfully, you're successful. If, you know, if you're getting up to go to work every day and you bring mm. a paycheck in, you're successful. Yeah. Um, you know, there are many things to do. I've watched women um, sell bully and fish yeah. to train their children. And I have looked at how they did it, and I'm proud of them. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, you have to embrace yourself. Mm. And I'm trying not to be generic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really embrace yourself. It's not about, oh, um, I know this is too big, it's too yeah. small. I need to wear a unit or two. You know, that's not... My just waist. <laughs> My just, waist. Just, My just waist embrace, embrace yeah. yourself. And... Have a feeling of security. Mm. Um, if, if, and it comes from little things because the way you put yourself across is the way people treat you. Yeah, really if you're in a relationship with somebody, don't go shaking and checking their phones and calling them 10 times a day and getting mad at the fact that they're not calling you 10 times a day and you know, going out of your way to sleep with them when you're not ready because you think that's going to keep them mm. by your side or you know just doing things that are not in your character yeah. because you think it's going to keep him there because the chances are it's not it won't. so just and be, even if it does is that what you want yeah is that the way well you want that? yeah well that is it so just be yourself yeah. and know that you are worth it mm. and you are a plus to somebody Whoever it is you choose, you are going to be a plus to that mm. person. Don't look for people to fix your insecurities. Yeah. You have to fix it yourself. You know, so that's if... Just deal with what your insecurity is by yourself. Don't look for someone to help you fix it. Because the chances are it's going to pass through to the person. Yeah. And they're going to 
use it against you. Yeah. And you're just going to be looking smaller and smaller yeah. and be treated like you're smaller and smaller. So that's it. Also, get some financial independence. Mm. Yeah. I think, it's, it's, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's crucial. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying um, look for the rich boyfriend. Yeah. Because even the rich man values the woman who was there oh, when I he saw, made the money. Yeah. So That's the only own. person they value. The person who was there when they didn't have and helped them make the money. Not you who married them after. I don't know. Some of these guys these days, they are moving mad. Well, moving mad. We will have the conversation, conversation again in five years. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. And see if, yeah. you know. So uh, what I'm saying, when I say get financial independence, financial independence is not looking for a boyfriend that who can pay the bills or mm. who can, yeah. you know, within yourself, what have can you do? to sign your own check yeah. and, and you know, take pride in that money that you make by yourself, mm. you know, because mm. that's what, nobody's going to value somebody that is asking them for yeah. money for sweets and crayfish. I was always receiving <laughs> So okay. exactly, bring something to the bring table. Bring something to the table. Whether it's in friendships yeah. of same sex, whether it's in relationships, whether it's society, bring something to the table. Yeah. Don't just make you know make a plan to take when you're not always a taker when you're a taker people see through it mm. and they treat you they treat you like a small person yeah. but when you're bringing something to the table then um you know and as always i say speak your own truth yeah wow incredible thank, thank you, so, you much. so much so much for coming on this has been amazing yeah i think yeah. you should be speaking and yes often. we're looking to set up like i said structure mm. so something that's that's my dream part of the things i yeah. can control set up some kind of management anr structure mm. that you know can serve as a bridge for, for talent my only problem is i don't have patience for when there's no talent. <laughs> <laughs> so how you package I don't have, the, I don't have patience. carefully. I don't have patience. But when there's yeah. talent, we, we provide a structure. Yeah. Right. You know, get the best of us, put us together, and we'll do, do the bridge between yeah. us and there. Okay. Incredible. Thank I you have, so I much. Have, thank you. I have one last personal no. request. And I don't know how this has happened. <laughs> I woke up one day, and in a flood of other people, uh-huh. Bonaboy blocked me. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I don't know what happened. I just woke yeah. up one day. I, ah! <laughs> I have been begging this begging. Ah! Been begging for years. Like four years. Begging for I years. don't know what happened. <laughs> was this a mask blocking? Yes. All oh, right. Oh. What was it now? I don't remember. Chai. I laughed at a joke. Chai. I laughed at a joke. Chai. I laughed at a bad joke. Sorry. So you were collateral damage. I was with everyone. And then people were replying. I thought, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it has been my personal mission to beg this brother. Unblock me now. Chai. Every day I'm always asking, what did he say? I can't see. <laughs> what, what did he say? Okay, so when you block someone, what happens? On they Twitter, can't read. you just don't see, you don't see you them. Just don't see them. Can't okay, that's just for Twitter. They can't you just don't you see, can't them, see them. They can't see them. It's like they don't exist and you don't exist. But that's just for Twitter. Yeah, just on Twitter. Mm. No, Instagram is fine. I don't understand how these things work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, once you just block someone, it just, it means you don't see what even they, if they have Even if they're having conversations with somebody. So even if she says something to him, I can see that maybe he said something, but I can't, I can never see what he says. And he can, he will never see what I say. So, and this blocking and saying is very important to life, is it? No, but I'm just I'm thinking just, that. I'm not trying to. You know when you just come across something, you're like, ah, why? 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 You know? 
Because someone said to me, we'll say, I'm, I'm defriending her. I'll be unfriending her on Facebook. And it was said with such finality. And I was like, okay. You know, so what does these, that even mean? <laughs> know, these things are She has been begging for okay. years now. In our generation. She'll see what she okay. can do. Like, well, I, well, I will see thank you. if I can join her. Join and beg. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but thank you so, thank so, you much, so, for so much for coming. I think people will learn a lot yes. um, from all the different things we've spoken about. What was your favorite thing she said? I like the parenting thing. I love the thing about parenting and I love also about being your own being your own person. Um, person. And I love that you said that you've accomplished all the things that you... No, most of them. Most, most of them. Most of them. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That would yeah. be my dream to just be like, listen, I'm just exploring life now and it's more about intangible things than things that I want to mm. Take off. Yeah. Thank um, you so much, Lady well. B. Thank you. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, as usual. Guys, be, res- be respecting us now. Yes. Don't go, go around shouting at names in honestly, public. Honestly, honestly, we're now associated. So please be talking to me. Um, <laughs> in, the wor- in the words of Wait, Bernard in the LT John story, said nobody should tell me wrong. Nobody yes. should tell I us don't rubbish. Blow. Yes. <laughs> Nobody should so, tell us rubbish again. These two ladies don't tell them rubbish again. Blow, they don't, don't blow. blow. Yes. Don't blow. So that's it. That's final. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye.